Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly podcast all about indie games. We bring you the indie games news that you might care about, I guess. If you're listening to an indie games podcast, you probably do. Um, And we talk about some indie games over on Kickstarter. And more recently, we are going to switch the uh, random question to kind of just a popular topic of the week in video games, just to kind of keep everything about indie games and less about Josh's genitals. Today, I am, as always, joined (laughs) by the big Josh boy, and we have Errol back on the podcast. Whoop, whoop. How you guys doing? It's been 84 years. Yes, it has been 84 years. I am an old man. Is that, wait, what? 84 years? I'm I'm lost. What what reference is this? I don't know. (laughs) Some meme. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm getting too old. I'm not, like, big into meme culture, so I probably don't understand it. My friends know. say I'm I don't know what the up. ref. I don't know what it is like specifically a reference to, but I just see an image with an old lady that says it's been 84 years. What? <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. So it's been a hot minute. Well, we're all old men, clearly. Anyway, <laughs> what have you guys been playing this week? Let's start off with Josh. Have you been playing anything super super cool? Uh, I have. It is super super cool. So I've been playing Risk of Rain two. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 was basically dropped out of nowhere uh, for the Gearbox, uh, their like live event. They were like, hey, Risk of Rain 2, we're helping them publish it, and it's out now in early access. And I was like, oh my god, must play. So I've been a big fan since Risk of Rain 1, but there was always, it was a 2D game, it was roguelike, um, and the game is pretty much the same from the style of it, but now it's 3D. Um, the actual online system to it works without having to do a crazy stupid connection program like Hamachi that's not through Steam. Um, it's got the same thing that you would love if you played the original, which is basically, uh, it's kind of like a looter shooter, but a roguelike of you go through you have these different characters who all have certain abilities and as you're playing each of the enemies when you defeat certain bosses they'll drop loot when you kill enemies you get gold so you can buy chests or drones that are by which will help you either get that uh, specific skill so you'll get things like uh, higher attack speed or chance to block incoming damage um, those are like obviously the basic ones and then they they get crazier and crazier and there's weird ones where it's like whenever you heal like you shoot red skulls that will attack people sometimes when you kill enemies it'll turn them into ghosts and they'll help fight you so there's a lot of interesting little relics and skills that you can get but each world like each time you play each run is random so it's always going to go through the same kind of list of worlds but the actual loot that you pick up and the character that you choose and what you know 
skills that you need for it will change each time. So it's all very random, um, but it's a lot of fun and it's very fast paced because basically it's a struggle between saying, do I want to take my time in each level and get all of the upgrades or do I want to go quicker because the clock is ticking where constantly every minute in the game, the game gets harder. So the enemies will become harder as you basically waste time. So you want to speed through as much as you can, but pick up as much as you can. Um, it's, it's very fun. It's very fast and action packed. And the fact that you can play it with three other people is awesome to me. Cause it's basically been me and my buddies every night we've been coming home and basically getting on and being like, all right, let's play risk of rain. And it's good. Cause it's like, a, it could be anywhere from, you know, depending on how good you are, a 30 minute to longer play sessions, but it just depends on chance. And sometimes, you know, if you're actually skilled at the game, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And what have you been playing arrow? Uh, I've been playing, well, I haven't been playing that many, that much indie stuff just cause a lot of them come out this month for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, that's steamroll quest. Ready. Get ready for the tidal wave. Well, cause I was at, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago now, I played like a handful of indies over at a GDC. Uh, You're cool, <laughs> and, <laughs> including the upcoming. Uh, well, I didn't play it, but I got to preview it. The upcoming Moonlighter DLC. Ooh. So I've been just I've been checking out the the companion update from a while ago. Just playing a lot of Moonlighter at um on the indie side of things, and then. I just finished Devil May Cry 5 and started Sekiro, so that's fun. How many times have you died? Have you kept count? Is it a lot? In Sekiro? Like, I'm still at the very beginning, so maybe like five. Ooh, oh, nice. a fucking pro. Have you guys ever watched well, the show it's... on AMC called Into the Badlands? Yeah, I love that. I need to... Season 3 just went up on Netflix. I need to start. Yeah, you should do the that. opposite of when <laughs> so like when a clipper gets kills, they mark it with a tattoo. When you die, you should get a tattoo. Ah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> whole body will be covered. <laughs> it would really revolutionize yeah. this gaming experience Jeez. for you. <laughs> um no, but the thing Sekiro it it offers you a lot more mobility, but you have as a trade-off to that, you have a lot less health in comparison to what? In comparison to, like, Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Okay. Hmm. Because, like, Dark Souls, you can be pretty slow because of the armor. Is there... Um, uh, okay, so I I know that in um, Sekiro, you can get... Uh, you get different, like, upgrades for your prosthetic arm and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. but you don't get any new armor or weapons, correct? You just use the one sword? I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not super far... So I'm like I I just got the first prosthetic tool, so I'll I'll let you know I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, indie games Moonlighter Moonlighter is just so great, especially on Switch. I absolutely love Moonlighter; it's fantastic. Um, Still so try the it. <laughs> uh, the games that I've been playing, I have not been playing much. Um, just like you guys, sadly, I've got a lot on my plate right now. Um, the only game I've been playing really at all was I decided to get back into Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I love the series and I love the game. Um, but there's a lot about that game that annoys the shit out of me. Like <laughs> the quest structure with a lot of side quests. They're basically just all fetch quests 
they they made the like so each little map is like a sandbox map and they're like okay now we have to like populate it with cool npcs and side quests and that just makes it to where it's like okay it's you could have just made a smaller map and done less side quests and it would have felt less tedious but whatever i i love this series and i love that game um it's just kind of annoying uh other than that i mean i'm this has nothing to do with me playing any games uh but i did just buy some cool stuff on yeti uh last night (laughs) they're having like they call it the spicy sale where you can get like up to 50 percent off different items uh so i bought this cool like I bought like all tribute game stuff. So I bought the, the thing I really wanted to talk about was a fig pin that I bought from, uh, it's, it's a Flint hook fig pin. And yeah, the one that has the detachable hook that's, it has like the chain attached to it. It's very, very cool. I really like it. Very cool. Yeah. So anybody, how long is this sale going? Okay. So yeah, (laughs) I was going to say something about that. I don't know if it's going to last until the end of this week, but I think it is. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but because at... I'm definitely not looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> you should pick some stuff up on there. I mean, I purchased my stuff last night and it shipped this morning, and it's supposed to come to me with like in a week. I'm very excited. I I picked up all the stuff I picked up was from uh, Tribute Games. They have a lot of their stuff on sale from like uh, Mercenary Kings and Flint Hook and stuff like that. And then uh, other notable games. If you guys are fans of. Uh, starbound um they have a bunch of different like starbound stuff on there it's 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 very cool i'm i was very excited to see that there was some sales um but i think it's about time that we get into the news the main crux of this podcast uh our first article today and guess what i realized i totally messed this up so before the (laughs) podcast we talked about how josh could talk about risk of rain and we could just go right into the news story but i had josh go first and the risk of rain news story is second and (laughs) 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 yeah so it'll be fun (laughs) the first news story is over on ign it is written by uh brandon tyrell and it is dead cells free rise of the giants update is for the fans so we have actually talked about this update i think two or three times on the podcast before um they initially announced it then they put out a really cool animated trailer that i liked a lot um and now the update is finally out uh on steam and is slowly rolling out to consoles but it brings a lot of really cool content to the game uh it includes uh two new areas two new bosses a new character outfit system with over 50 outfits you can collect by killing and skinning enemies at higher difficulties uh 10 new enemy types you get uh 10 new weapon weapons weapons Ten new weapons, uh, like the giant killer, new skills to use, and mutations like the berserker, uh, and new object called the mirror that will help you in hunting down those hidden blueprints. Um, are you guys excited about this? I didn't get super into Dead Cells just because I'm terrible at video games, but uh, <laughs> Josh is the get good boy, so I'm assuming he uh, he's played a little bit more than me. Uh, probably. I, yeah, I have to get back into it. There's just so many games, but I, yeah. I definitely want to do this. Um, when this drops, I'll probably end up getting it, but it, like, I, well, isn't it free? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah I just so meant getting into it, but like the, it, it, there's just so much going on. <laughs> like when this comes out, I'm still going to be playing, like I'm still playing Yoshi right now. I'm still playing risk of rain. I know that in, uh, 
like the end of this month, SteamWorld Quest is coming out. Like I've got my plate pretty full that I don't know if I'm going to jump right into this. I also want to check out the Enter the Gungeon stuff that's coming out. Like there's a... Oh, and then uh, Katana Zero is coming out. Too. Yeah, yeah, like Katana this is Zero what I'm saying. It's really like cool. there's just so much stuff. So this will probably be on the back burner for a while. I think it's good though because I've been like I haven't been in it for a long time. So when I come back, there's just going to be so much content, which is you know pretty sweet. But what do you have Dead Cells on? What do you play it on? I play it on PC. The Nintendo of Switch. Oh, you nah, play it on PC. PC. Oh. PC. I was going to say the nice little caveat to it is if you play it on consoles, it's not out for you yet. It's slowly rolling out to you. No, but I have it right now, and I should be playing I, it. I, I play it on PS4. There you go. Errol won't have to worry about it. He's got a while, <laughs> I guess. They. It seems like they don't have a specific date of when uh, this update is going to come to consoles, but rest assured, you're going to be able to skin people, so that's cool, I guess. That's what Errol wants. I've heard it before. That's what he loves. Skinning people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, no, no comment. See, no comment. He says nothing. Clearly, he is guilty. <laughs> um, so I think it's about time we move on to our next news story. This is, once again, over on that good old IGN. It is written by Tom Marks. And it is, uh, like I said, Risk of Rain 2 surprise launches on Steam, uh, published by Gearbox. Ooh, baby. Um, Gearbox announced that it had partnered with Risk of Aim Rain developer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't know why they needed to add that update. They literally just said that in the article. Um, the sequel to it. So basically, the, the big points of this is um, that... Uh, Risk of Rain 2 is a thing, um, and it is in it is. 3D. We pretty much already kind of talked about all of it. Uh, it is in Steam Early Access, um, stays the core loop, multiplayer. I just want to know when it comes to consoles. Does it say that anywhere in the article? Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. I haven't heard anything on that as far as when it would come out, but it probably, I, I'm assuming that this is going to be Early Access exclusive to PC. Um, oh, yeah, I wasn't talking about, uh, like, uh, yeah, I I realized that that was a dumb question to ask when it was coming to consoles because it's literally just an early access. Yeah, so. yeah, and they're so they've slated. Um, I believe it was they have about a year that they're saying this will be in early access for. Um, hmm. So probably not anytime soon. The cool thing about when this did first drop, which I didn't mention, but is in this article, which doesn't help anyone who didn't get it before, but. One of the cool things they did was they had Risk of Rain 2 where it's it's 20 bucks to pick it up, but for like the first four or three days that it was out, it was like, oh, buy one, get one free. So it was pretty cool because I ended up doing that and just getting it for $10. Um, I don't know if they have any plans to do that again, like when they actually fully release it. Probably not, but um, it was a pretty cool thing that they did just for those who were like paying attention. Uh, buy one get one free on what like you could buy risk of rain 2 and get one for free or you would no so you would get you would buy risk of rain 2 and you would get a second copy to give to a friend oh okay yeah yeah that yeah mm-hmm. it does say that near the bottom yeah while risk of rain 2 is currently 20 dollars, if you buy a copy before march 30th uh you will get an additional one for free allowing you to gift it to a friend for co-op yeah so that which is, is pretty dope yeah, which is super smart because this game, like, you can play it as a single-player person game. Like, it'll work, and it's kind of fine, but it's just, like, it's not as good of an experience if you don't have multiple people with you. Like, it's really, I think it's meant to be played with 
you know, a multitude of, of, of a team trying to, to go through here. Cause some of it, like at the ender, uh, the ender, what the hell at the end levels, the end part of it gets pretty crazy and there's just mobs of enemies. Uh, the thing I like most about Risk of Rain 2 is the, like, so th- this is a big departure from l- just the the first game entirely. Um, it seems like a lot of the gameplay loop will be pretty much the same, but yeah, yeah that them changing it to 3D and it's no longer, like, pixel art style, it looks like it's working really well. It looks very, very cool, and I like that a lot, even though... I would prefer pixel art, 2D pixel art. It's my favorite, but uh, it it still looks fantastic. Anybody that's worried about um, this game not like kind of living up to the visuals of the first game, yeah, they they'll be pleasantly surprised with Risk of Rain 2. Um, mm. Are you excited for Risk of Rain 2, Arrow? Have, did you play the first one at all? Nope. <laughs> all right, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing out, man. They're good games. Speaking but. of not knowing what you're missing out on, uh, I have not played this game, so this segue kind of makes sense. Uh, over on Polygon, our next <laughs> article is written by Owen S. Good, and it is a zany, gory throwback Super Bowl hockey. What? Uh, Super Blood hockey. Sorry, Super Bowl. Not Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was Super like, Bowl hockey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zany gory throwback (laughs) Super Blood Hockey is coming to consoles. Uh, The next sports game coming to the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One uh, puts player in the roles of a hockey coach who may recruit players from prison, utilize performance enhancing drugs, pull the plug on injured. What the fuck? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Pull the plug on injured teammates and use other underhanded tactics to succeed. Um, Suffice to say, Super Blood Hockey is not a licensed video game. No shit. They would literally... Okay. I'm just... That was an unnecessary joke to make. Um, (laughs) uh, The console port, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I care about. Um, It looks like the console version is coming to the Switch in April, um, and Xbox One and PS4 um, will be coming sometime in Q2 2019, uh, the PC version. Also just had a franchise mode um, that, yeah, PC version um, just got a franchise mode that the console editions will have too. I don't, that's a little weird that you put it that way. Um, I'm assuming it would, considering (laughs) they're coming out later, but okay. (laughs) This game looks pretty awesome. I really like its like its graphic style. It's it it's interesting. It reminds me of Blitz, but pixelated yeah, and yeah, hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're it's... just doing drugs like on the sidelines, just like oh yeah, I'm gonna pop, I'm gonna do a bunch of steroids before I go and kill somebody on the ice. <laughs> it looks so strange. I think it's weird that there's like a four like four player mode, which seems kind of counterintuitive since it's like hockey is a two, <laughs> two team game. But it's basically just an all out brawl in some of these. Like watching the actual trailer for it, it's it's funny how it's like there's no rules and like half of it is like not them playing hockey at all and just like the entire team like fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what hockey usually turns into at the end. Right? I, mean, I fucking wish. No, it never does. <laughs> it's so depressing. Yeah, it I've gone they to don't like do that anymore. 
I've gone to so many hockey games just hoping to see a sweet ass fight. And generally they just flick off their gloves, punch somebody's helmet, and then they get put in a box. And I'm like, ah, fuck you guys. Yep. That was stupid. <laughs> I wanted to see some bare knuckle brawls on the freaking ice, but instead. Came for blood. Yeah, basically. It's like, hey, we no longer have the Coliseum. I now want to watch people kill each other on the ice. Is that too much to ask? Jeez. You're literally wearing blades on your feet, guys. Get over yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that took a turn. (laughs) Are you guys going to pick this up when it eventually comes to all sorts of uh, just a plethora of consoles? I mean, it does come out in April, so it comes out this month. It's like, hey, guys. So probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. There's so many games coming out this month. I'm so excited. Like you said, for Katana Zero, that looks great. SteamWorld Quest. Damn, any game coming out this month is kind of going to be like shortchanged by all these other sweet games. Uh, really sucks for them. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Super Blood Hockey. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't believe this has been out for like, what, it said like 2017? I never knew about this. I feel like I would have played it back in the day. <laughs> like, it looks pretty fun. Yeah, it looks weird as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a weird concept for a game. And that's pretty awesome. Uh, Speaking of another weird concept, the next article... (coughs) Jesus. Our next article is over on Polygon. is written by uh, Chris Plant, I'm assuming. Uh, Finally, a doctor game that trades medical charts for star charts. This game looks so stupid. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't understand this game. Um, So, basically... The news about this game is that this game was announced. It is a game where instead of uh, actually practicing medicine, you play basically an astronomer who helps people somehow medically by like, I don't know. I honestly don't understand the concept of this game. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like he studies astrology and somehow that helps people. He's like, oh yeah, I cured a plague. How? How is that physically possible? Curing a plague by telling somebody that they're a cancer. I don't understand. Maybe if you look to the stars, you'd understand. Maybe. That's so true. (laughs) Stop being such a non-believer, all right? (laughs) So it's supposed to be like a comedy game, which totally makes sense considering this just outrageous premise. Um, No relevant, like, (laughs) truth to it. Yeah, uh, Astrologaster is what it's actually called. I don't know if I actually even said that yet. Uh, Astrologaster is hitting uh, iOS on May 2nd for $4.99. Um, Mac and Windows PC via Steam on May 9th for $9.99. Yeah, I um, wanted to talk about that part. Why is there a $5 difference because it's not on a phone? Is there like an actual different like aspect to the game or... I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. If it's, I mean, you could say, so there's like a price hike for Nintendo Switch games when you buy them physically, supposedly because it costs more money to produce cartridges than discs. Mm -hmm. But this is an entirely digital game, so I don't understand. Yeah, the price hike doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I like, it's not like this game is going to be something where that $5 is going to make a difference like graphically when this is like a text-based game, it seems like uh and i don't see anything said about like a difference between them i'd i'd like to hear more about like when this gets closer to but it, i mean may isn't that far away I, I don't know it seems weird to me that it's just a five dollar difference for nothing 
Are you going to play this, Errol? It's basically like a Monster Tamer, but not at all. It's definitely not like a Monster <laughs> I mean, Tamer I mean, there's, you know, each each sign has a different, uh, you know, there's like a Cancer is a Crab. Yeah, there's got to be some monsters Don't you want to collect you know some I mean? crabs, Errol? I don't think anybody wants crabs. Phrasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 no, not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever play this fucking game. It looks so weird. I don't know. I yeah, I I'm going to wait until it it actually drops to see like what the actual gameplay looks like cuz and what the heck is up with that price difference? Yeah, that too. I don't understand that. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get it on uh on mobile, yeah. <laughs> oh, but wait, iOS. No, <laughs> never mind. Nope, can't even do that. They don't have it for Android. Oh, yeah, that's also yeah. weird. Just iOS it's, exclusivity yeah, it's only for iOS. the mobile. I was going to say, because I have that, that sweet, sweet uh, Google survey money. I'm at, like, <coughs> I'm at like $4 now. I could have got this game. <laughs> all the way up to $4? I know, Damn. man. Giving out all that personal information is really paying off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Take no all my data, data mining Google. required. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give it freely. Just give me five cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, five cents. It's more like five more cents. Like Ten cents. Come on now, get your story straight. Oh shit, this is all just that's fifty percent more. Do you know what you could do with that? You could like not buy this game. That's what I, I mean. Eventually, you can. Though. I'm getting close. You'll see. You'll all see. I mean, you you can't because you're not on iOS. So you uh, what? Why you gotta ruin my dreams? <laughs> Why you gotta do this to me? I think it's a little weird. Okay, the last thing I want to say about this is that the the plights of patients rub up against topics like Brexit. How? How has that come up? This is like way back in the day. This was like Renaissance era time. I don't understand how a topic like Brexit at that point in time, and I understand it's probably just something similar, but I don't understand what would be similar. That's because you're not a history major. Well, yeah, I'm not a history major, and I'm not into astrology. So really, See? this is just not my forte. I just wouldn't understand right. any of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's some shit <laughs> where there were people who complained. It's probably some older rich people back in the day, and there were some people that came in, and they didn't like it, and then they're going to make it Brexit, basically. Oh, ah, okay, okay. Well, speaking of things in the sky, <laughs> like stars, get it, guys? Your transitions um, are so good. <laughs> I know, I'm just so good at them now. Uh, we're heading over to Game Informer. This written by Hunter Wolf, and it is the peculiar indie game. Uh, Heaven's Vault has a release date. How is it peculiar, by the way? Yeah, let's I talk don't... about this. Errol, yeah. Errol ha- enlighten us. You have something to say okay. about this. <laughs> so this, this game, it's like... It's very much, I mean, it's styled a lot like a visual novel, but like you're, you're basically this. Um, hold on, I'm reading my pre, an archaeologist. <laughs> uh, there we go. You're and, plagiarizing and, um, yourself, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Yes. And you're you're basically um, trying to find this this missing scientist, um, but at the same time you're. Um, discovering all these ruins across planets and you're trying to translate this ancient language sounds a lot like atlantis um, but in space you said yeah <laughs> exactly and the cool thing is like uh you know it's always different and there's no like guide. this is a completely made-up language there's no guide to it so like if you get it right or wrong like every player's 
um, experience will be different. That's really cool. Hmm. Um, I guess I should actually get into the news of this game. I just wanted to know how it was peculiar. Uh, today, the, the developer Inkle, I guess, uh, announced that you can take a crack at solving its own historical mystery on April 16th on PlayStation 4 and PC. Um, in Heaven's Vault, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, the rest of that doesn't matter. The Literally, the crux of the news is that one line. That's it. There's, there's no other news in this. <laughs> but that's really cool. This game sounds really interesting. Yeah, I played it at GDC last year, and I wasn't sure what to make of it at first, but I was like, okay, I, I see how that can be cool. Um, the other thing is it's not all, like, uh, just, like, a visual novel thing, because, you know, the character you play as, you're still moving around, and she actually has an exertion meter, so if you're walking around and your exertion meter runs out, uh, she'll be sent back to the ship and you might want to find like a different way around or like to find something else until you can find an easier way to reach the last place you were at so you don't drain your exertion meter. So she just gets tired and takes a nap and you're like, oh, damn it, yeah, hey, pretty much. stop napping here. She, she doesn't have any like superpowers or anything. Wow. Okay. How is she getting exhausted so fast? Clearly, she's uh, not athletic at all. She's very... <laughs> no, I don't know if it's that fast. It's just think about you're like exploring a planet, and then the, yeah, they're like you never know that maybe the the gravity on this planet is twenty the times gravity, the, the oxygen levels. I don't know. Man, she just should have brought an energy bar with her. That's bad planning. Does that mean on certain planets energy. that she's like a superhuman? She's just like punching through walls and like killing. No, yeah, that I would wish. be great if they had that just like sprinkled in like one random level where it's just this crazy like platformer adventure game and then it goes back to her being normal. <laughs> <laughs> like like and no like nothing gets said about it. It was just like, yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> that's the thing that happened. <laughs> That would be sweet. Um, it's time to move on to the second part of this uh, just enthralling podcast, and that is the news creme section where we bring you guys a bunch of different indie games news stories that we felt that we couldn't... I mean, I'm trying to find a good way to describe yeah, this section. Kinda... <laughs> I always kind of make it condescending, like, oh, we didn't want to talk about your game. It's not that. It's just that I don't feel like I can intellectually talk about the game, and even that I don't do with most. So, yeah. <laughs> That's just a cop out. Clearly, you're the problem. <laughs> so it's time to get into news, Cram. Cram, 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 Cram. cram, cram. cram. I'm so glad that Errol joined in, too. That He's got nice. it. He was here the first time I we thought crammed. I was the one who started that. Yeah, it was a nice little echo. I was like yeah. jamming out to it, guys. It was great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> So our first story is over on Polygon. It is uh, Frankenstein-inspired. The Wanderer is about beauty and childlike wonder. Uh, also on Polygon, uh, Journey to the Savage Planet is a jaunty exploration of a colorful alien world. Um, next up, we got over on USGamer.net, uh, Panzer Paladin draws inspiration from 8-bit Black Sheep. Uh, like Zelda 2, The Link's Awakening. I got really confused. Well, no, no, not, not, that's no, not at all. The Adventure of yeah, Link. <laughs> yeah, The Adventure of Link. That's why I got confused myself. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, what no, just, just reading, reading the title of this, I, especially not knowing what the game was, I got so confused. I was like, 8-Bit, Black Sheep, Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, Panzer Paladin. And I was like, there's so many names in this title. I was like so confused. <laughs> It's about Panzer yeah, Paladin. Yeah, should have been a shorter title, probably. <laughs> Panzer Paladin does. It's look a really good. Cool. It's a great read, though. Yeah, it's a very great read. Yeah, I, 
I also really am excited for the game. It looks fantastic. Um, yeah. Speaking of things I'm excited about, the next one over on Newscram is Hyperlight Drifter TV series in the works from uh, creator Alex. I'm assuming that's meant to be Alex uh, Preston and Castlevania's Adi Shankar. Um, that is over on Polygon. I'm so excited, guys. <laughs> Did they say good. where it's... You're excited to see... Oh. Uh, probably a gory anime of frogs and mice killing each other. I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so it se- the the reason we didn't actually talk about it, however big of a Hyperlight Drifter fan I am, the fact is this article has very little news in it. It's basically just the announcement of the TV series. Um, they even say in it that they don't know like what they're going to do. They don't even know if people are going to talk in it because that's a big thing in Hyperlight Drifter is that nobody speaks. There's no words in the game. It's just entirely up oh. to your interpretation what the story of the world is. So I'm very excited to see how they do this, uh, but they did assure everyone it's going to be cool. So did they, I'm very excited. Yeah, like they, they have to do that. Did they say <laughs> where this is going to be? Is this like a Netflix series thing? Is I would this... assume it's on Netflix. Uh, Castlevania was, I think, right. um, the Devil May Cry series that Adi Shankar is also working on is on Netflix as well. So I'm assuming Hyperlit Drifter is... Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot he was doing that. The Devil May Cry animated series? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I had forgot about it too until I saw this and I was like, oh shit. Well, because well, cause there, there is a short anime series of Devil May Cry already, which... It was actually pretty good. Of, I've seen it. I, I've, I've heard mixed things about it. <laughs> and, then, and then Devil May Cry itself... Well, it's not anime. It does use a lot of motion capture, and the people who do the motion capture are usually former Power Rangers actors. Like, the three main characters are voiced by Johnny Young Bosch, who was the second Black Ranger, and, um... Fuck, I forgot the other ones. Uh, <laughs> was Dan, Dan Southworth, who was the Quantum Ranger in Time Force, and then Ruben Langdon is he wasn't a ranger but he was a lot of monsters and a lot of like shows like power rangers so i just wonder if if they're going to do like some rotoscoping kind of thing or if they're just going to do it like you know purely just animation Hmm. probably depends on their budget I'm kind of I'm interested sure in this. The The article says uh, Preston confirms to Polygon that he and producer Adi Shankar, whose uh, game adaptations includes Netflix's Castlevania and upcoming series <coughs> based on Devil May Cry and Assassin's Creed. Is that saying that he's also developing an Assassin's Creed series? Yeah, I wasn't sure or about is that, that either. I don't know. Because... <laughs> That's definitely oh, I guess crazy. actually it says are actively in development on an animated series based on the title. Okay, yeah, I still don't know. I'm I, That's still ambiguous because it seems like it's confirming that, yeah, there's an animated series coming <laughs> for Hyperlight Drifter and maybe he also worked on that shitty Assassin's Creed movie or maybe he's making an animated series about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I bet it was the movie. Out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I bet it was the movie. Um, our next story on in Newscram is uh, over on IGN. It is new Minecraft update removes uh, mentions of Notch. That would be the creator of Minecraft. Get um, out of here. 
Yeah, Sue's that guy. Um, IG also over on IGN is uh, Dungeon Defenders Awakened. Yeah, I did read that correctly. I'm having some issues. Yeah. Um, Dungeon Defenders <laughs> Awakened hits uh, fund and goal on Kickstarter. Uh, over on Game Informer, we've got Hob coming to Switch, Torchlight, Torchlight Two coming to consoles. That was just a weird way to do that. Torchlight Two. A hob. I actually really like Hob. It's my PlayStation <laughs> theme. I'm not even joking. It's a good game. It's Damn. a lot of fun. Should I should I actually okay. get it? What is it? Oh, oh, the different opinions. Oh, I don't know. I was just freaking Errol, dude. Wait, okay. It's okay for a Zelda clone. For, uh, a Zelda dude. clone. Okay. It's not a, no, it's it's very it's it's very heavily inspired by Zelda, but like it's 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 good. I didn't like it that much, but that's just me. I just like the big robot arm. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Basically, you lose like a little bit of spoilers. You lose your arm like five, like five seconds into the game, and a robot gives you his arm, and it's really cool. I really liked it because um, I, I just like people with big arms. I guess um, our next story in Newscram. Oh, by the way, I did just rem- I just remembered I need to say this. So last week, I think either on the podcast or off the podcast, I told Josh about how Beyond Podcast Beyond now does a segment similar to this, but it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought oh, it was yeah. No, you did. That was all. Yeah, yeah I thought it was called it. News Cram. It is actually News Crunch. So don't worry. Uh, yeah. Okay. Did not So they copy eat us. their news instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not it. don't don't worry about it. Um, so over on Game Informer, <laughs> let uh, it slide this time. I know, just gonna have to go after Jonathan Dornbush, dude. You'll be hearing from our lawyers that we don't have. <laughs> whoa, whoa, man! They don't need to know that we don't have them yet. Yeah, you're giving away all our secrets. <laughs> we clearly have lawyers. Get out of here. <laughs> um, so our next story is over on Game Informer. It is uh, you'll want to sell your soul to the devil for these Cuphead construction sets. I don't know um, about that. It looks so they good. Are pretty cool looking. <laughs> Didn't you say they were sold out already? Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, I looked at like all of them, and there's. I bet you, um, so. what's her face? Um, Lily Zaldivar of GameSpot, who's like the biggest Cuphead fan ever, probably just bought all of them. Maybe. You're telling me that she's a bigger fan than uh, Boss Baby Barrett Courtney? Come on, dude. What's up? Yeah, I think I think she's a bigger <laughs> fan than Boss Baby Barrett Courtney. <laughs> I feel like everybody just needs to do the boss baby thing from now on because it really seems to bother him and it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> um, our next story is over on Game Informer. It is a new... What the fuck? New Pathological 2 trailer announces a May 23rd release. Um, then we got over on Twinfinite. Ukulele gets an N64 style under May... Oh, uh, blah. Make under. Yes, make under. Make what is under. my issue, dude? I don't know. Ah... Yeah, I don't know. I have the same issue every week. Just reading aloud is it's my Achilles heel, among <laughs> other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it a 64-bit uh, freaking downgrade, so it looks ugly. It's it fun. looks terrible. <laughs> what were they thinking? There's a reason why. You turned into the angry video game nerd? What were, what they, were thinking? they thinking? No, they, I mean, come on now. There's a reason why tech upgraded and we kept moving with it. Like, no one asked for this. Or maybe they did. I don't know. I didn't ask for this. Hey, man. Haven't you ever played, like, the... I mean, you know, those... Those humans in uh, GoldenEye, they totally still hold up. Oh, yeah, they sure do. I love fighting. They obviously do. They were ported into Spider-Man, dude. Haven't you seen them? (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. Get it, your head out of your ass, guys. Look, the point is, it looks <laughs> ugly as fuck. It like I tried to, it looks to watch it, and I was like, this hurts my eyes. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I would never play. I would turn this off or turn this on, and immediately be like, yep, that was great, and then turn it right back off. Like, no way. <laughs> Um, the next story on in Newscram is over on Twinfinite is Agony sold over 160,000 copies on PC, PS4, Xbox One, um, and a PlayStation 4 patch releases today. Uh, also on Twinfinite, I, I don't know how to say this guy's name, Dario Argentino? Uh, Dario Ardento. Okay, there you go. Uh, Dreadful Brawn brings the Master of Horror style to Kickstarter. Is he really the Master of Horror? Do you guys know? Did he get that title? He's apparently he's very famous in like Italy for his horror films that he creates. So I guess that's where they're going. Ah. Look, the only master of horror I know is whoever created the Leprechaun series. Okay. <laughs> that's like I've never heard. I've never had somebody bring up the Leprechaun series before. Like you and Ross got really into it for some reason, and I, <laughs> I don't know where that even came from. His name is Roger. <laughs> yes, Roger. You and Roger. Got way too into the Leprechaun series, apparently. Um, another one over on Twinfinite, because Twinfinite's got all the juicy stories, um, is Pro- Project Phoenix devs break silence after eight months gearing up uh, to finish the game. They're gearing up to make the fucking game. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Can we just read that quote that you said before? Okay. I have to dig it out, because this is a long article for it being such a dumb premise. It's... Uh, it's control F. Control F. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's go down. Blah blah blah. There's a whole lot of stuff happening in this article. Um. Nice. I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good song. It's uh. <laughs> it's copywritten though, so don't steal it. Okay? Oh damn it! All right. Don't even. Don't I even mean, try because yeah, I will sue you. That you have. Yeah. <laughs> Errol did not give away my secrets. I've got lots of lawyers. It's just That's parallax true. Is lawyers. That's true. Um. You're, you're part. Yeah. 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 Let's go. <laughs> so uh, part of this article says sometime later this year, uh, those art assets are scheduled to start. Those artists are scheduled to start creating world assets. Uh, hopefully by when that work is complete, the programming team will be ready to start doing their part of the development process. Literally making the fucking game. That's what their part is. I under Art is a very big part as well, but that's their part, guys. It also says uh, Creative Intelligent Arts is currently cultivating the programming team. They don't even have one yet. What the fuck? <laughs> How is this game gearing up to to be finished? The game is is I mean, it even started? Gearing up to be started, gotta, but they didn't want to say you gotta that. Start to finish, you know. Well, I guess they started because they put out that they have a trailer on the Kickstarter and they have. Uh, some different uh what is it they have some different concept art which i believe they say they now have to revamp because it's outdated no shit it's been eight months but also what else are you doing like okay yeah just chilling on that sweet kickstarter money (laughs) uh and the last story in newscram is uh hellblade senua sacrifice has a switch released 
what release date uh that is on game informer uh so i think it's about time we move into one of our last segments of the podcast and that is god bless the crowd this is where josh goes into all sorts of different uh kickstarter crowdfunding sites just in general most of the time kickstarter it's it's much easier to operate than others it seems um and we uh we talk about them today's is just it's 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 a a, gem it's a it's like it's it's a voluptuous one Oh, that's a good word. <laughs> and now it's time to make Errol feel uncomfortable. We're going to talk <laughs> about Subverse. This just looks like my kind of game, guys. This is a, this I mean, yeah, this game. is what episode uh, episode two set us up for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? It's It's been a long journey, but we finally, we're finally there. Um, so the supposedly the premise of this, just the, the quick little bit that they have on here, um, explore a wacky galaxy full of hot alien babes in this kinky new sci-fi RPG mashup. Ooh, it sounds sounds lovely. <laughs> and literally, like they all have protruding nipples. It's <laughs> just so easy to see. So, um, so I originally I, I, I originally put this because I was like. I, fa- I saw this game and I didn't really pay too much attention to the, like the, the random uh, like half naked ladies above. Cause I was like, eh, it's just for like, you know, like eye candy, like it's to grab people's attention. So I was like, okay, I'll keep going down. <laughs> and I, I'm still like seeing some like eye candy stuff, but then the, the, the next couple of sc- like videos or like screen grabs are legit looking like a regular, like it looks like kind of like a, a shmup game and then it goes yeah, into a tactical. Yeah, it actually looks like a fucking game. Yeah, it goes <laughs> into a tactical RPG. So I'm kind of just focusing on that and then it goes back to like meeting the random babes in it and I was like, oh, whatever. It's probably just some like, like I, I at, at no point was I was like, yeah, this is definitely like, there's definitely porn actually in this. And like, I was just like, eh, it just looks like a cool, cause it looks like a cool game. It looks like if you took that shit out of it, it would be a legit game. <laughs> it's still a legit game and they aren't babes. They're waifus. They're waifus. So anyway, so, and then you keep scrolling down and it becomes <sighs> more and more obvious. And I was just like, oh, wait a minute. Oh no. Oh no. What have I done? <laughs> I was like the part literally one of them is an illegal sex bot. Yeah. I clearly, I'm just like, I just scrolled past them cause I didn't care as much about that part. I was just like, let me see the gameplay. But then when you get to the tiers, the actual like stretch goals, I realized how bad it was when I saw the hundred thousand uh, euro one, which is additional animations. It says at this point we'll be able to deliver an extra fully animated lewd sequence or two. And I was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> Hey, speaking of speaking of tears, I have a couple because this exists. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Arrow. I wasn't expecting that. Also, are we going to talk about how one of the ships just straight up looks like boobs? Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's so funny to me. And what's funny about this to me is I was like, I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll hit their goal. They're at fucking three times their goal just about now. Like people yeah. really dig this. They hit three hundred and eighty-two thousand. Like that's crazy. Um. So let's let's dive deep into some of these sweet stretch goals, okay, guys? <laughs> Can we? <not? laughs> no, we definitely have to. It's so hilarious. So the one that Josh pointed out is the one that they're getting pretty freaking close to, guys. How much do they have right now? They have. Uh. Nope. They're already past it. I don't know what. 
They have three hundred and eighty-three thousand and twenty-five dollars. Their goal was one hundred and thirty-one thousand three hundred eighty-one dollars, and it's still got twenty-seven days left. In less than three days, they've yeah, made this so much money. That's what was crazy too. Is I saw this when it first like started back on the the thirty-day countdown, and it was already basically at its goal. Like this thing hit immediately. People, just give the people what they want, dude. This is what this is what the people asked for, man. They want them. This just food. proves it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you wait. There was a stretch goal to get a squid girl in the game. Yeah, a hundred and twenty-five thousand oh, yeah. yeah. squid girl. Squid girl, <laughs> she's coming. Oh baby, I didn't it, even know about this. I'll have to back now. Squid girls in it. Oh my god. <laughs> tentacle girls (laughs) okay so yeah there's the bit that's three hundred thousand, which is yep um it is alongside our interactive sex sequences we will provide one to two minute vignettes of each of waifus doing something lewd to cap off okay isn't it lewd enough to have a sex sequence in your game you also have to have this one you need more (laughs) i don't understand Yeah. And I like how they just have that 400,000, which is just additional animations. It's even more. You're like, hey. Just keep it coming. Just in case the literal porn in the game wasn't enough, you also get these additional animations. So um, one of the craziest things about this is I didn't even realize until even later in that this is a legit company that, like, they specialize in making animated, like, videos like this. So this is what they do, but then they just decided, hey, we want to make a video game. And the reason why, I have to find it. The reason why, damn it, where is it? Yeah, okay, so Studio Fow has an impeccable crowdfunding track record, having solidified ourselves in the top 25 global creators list on Patreon before they decided to ban us for having a werewolf eat out a girl's butthole. (laughs) Like, this is literally in their Kickstarter. (laughs) Oh my. <laughs> I love how uncomfortable Errol is right now. <laughs> you picked a good episode to come back on, Errol. I'm not uncomfortable. I am more like, why does this have to exist? Dude, yeah, I showed it to this my This is wa- what the people want, Errol. That's what's got to exist. There's a- I bet you it has a bunch of bad pickaxe animations. There's a- I don't even oh. give a shit, dude. It's got sex animations. <laughs> I bet those really are pretty fucking bad too. Yeah. <laughs> I showed this to my wife. She's like, she's like, what are you gonna talk about on the podcast this time? And I was like, I was like, I found this game, and she's like, oh my god. She's like, what is that? And she was so <laughs> grossed out by it. She's like, are they gonna make it? And I was like, yeah, they already hit like three three times their goal. She's like, people are disgusting, and she just walked away. <laughs> she's like, people are disgusting, and she goes under a steam she goes wish and list. And she's it. like, add it to the car. <laughs> she's like, what's the highest tier I can get? <laughs> Yeah, your wife oh, was the geez. last one who got the seven hundred and fifty or the, the nine hundred and dollars. Yeah, the space whale one. Design a love scene of your choice with an in-game waifu. Well, I'm oh, glad yeah. it's at least with them. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's just them. They get to be a character. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have a be a character in this game. I love the. The two hundred thirty dollar tier, the uh, tier, the Studio sixty nine VIP, (laughs) exclusive Studio sixty nine DLC for your subversive game, subverse game. I just, this is this is 
it's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Oh, it's uh, it's quite a game. It's gonna rear up to be, and it'll be there because it's already backed. Do you think IGN will be forced to review it? I hope so. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they give it. I hope they give it ten waifus out of ten. <laughs> I actually, I'm not even joking. I actually hope that big sites like GameSpot, IGN, uh, just all sorts of sites actually review this game, and that would be hilarious if it somehow was amazing and it was I like feel, incontending this is, for Game of the Year. <laughs> this is what I'm saying though. Is like I feel like it would be a legit game to play. It seems interesting that it's that shmup that goes into tactical RPG. I feel like I would be down to play that game, but there's no way I'm ever going to buy this because of the waifu shit. Okay, so there's a part of it where it says, discover side quests and complete them for loot purchase upgrades and awesome stuff for your ship, like nudie magazines. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking, uh, I love and hate this at the same time. (laughs) What the fuck? Kamikaze laser dick ships? What is happening in this game? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) I wonder... If there are any uh, any werewolves eating buttholes in this. Maybe. Uh, Obviously not, dude. They're trying not to repeat the past. They're trying not to get kicked off Kickstarter as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Apparently Kickstarter is okay with this. Yeah. I they noticed, obviously don't care. I noticed, though, it's not one of the uh, tagged games or projects that we love. <laughs> that's bullshit. Why. Yeah, dude. That's, that's total horseshit. They obviously deserve it. They have reached this astronomical goal in three days. <laughs> yeah, but Kickstarter they've doesn't made, love it. <laughs> yeah, they've made ju- they've made their amount goal every day that this has been out. And just imagine how much money this fucking game is gonna make. It's outrageous. <sighs> so many animations. <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna need a break after this. <laughs> God. <laughs> This is a thing. Uh, so now I think it's about time for us to move okay. on to something not uh, waifu based. Our random question Thank of the gosh. day. I can find another one for us. <laughs> I mean, little does Errol know our random question of the day is about waifus. So. Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> he just exits. He's like, sorry, my internet hey. connection went out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I have really bad internet, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so our random question of today was something I wanted to talk about. So I don't know if you guys have read it. I haven't read it like extensively. I've kind of skimmed so far because apparently it's going to take like an hour to read this fucking article. Um, but Jason Schreier put out an article about Anthem's development and kind of how it all came together. And of course there's backlash, uh, from like Bioware coming up and being like, oh yeah, basically their rebuttal to it was not good. That's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea that is brought up that uh, should you include, um, basically should you factor in the way a game was developed into a review score? That has come up recently, um, be, mostly because of this. Uh, people have talked about how, like, if if crunch is an issue in a game's development, um, if it should be, or just if there was a harsh development of a video game, if you should factor it into the review score. I wanted to know how you guys felt about that. Um, because, I mean, I'll... I'll tell you guys my opinion a little bit later, I guess, maybe. I I don't have, like, a fully fleshed out opinion, but also I just... 
Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that there should, like, it should be weighted in review scores, or do you think it shouldn't? <clears throat> That's a hard question. Yeah, it's it's a weird like, question. Because it's like, well, on one hand, you know, if the game is good, you don't want to give it a bad rating because, you know, that it helps the developers, but also how much does it really help the developers if the company culture is bad, you know? Mm. I don't... But, like, because it... The people at the top, as long as they get a good score, like, good reception, they're happy, but then they don't... But then they don't think anything has to change, but then you don't want to be lying about something just because the company... I, I think it's one of those things where you should always, like... It should at least be... It should just keep being mentioned. And then people will get, like... You know what? We need to, like... Maybe if you keep mentioning it... It's like, maybe we need to change something because people won't stop mentioning this. <laughs> so just the factor of it being annoying? <laughs> I feel like it could it could work. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, I, I mean, there's a lot of issues with, like, the whole concept in general and, like, what do we do about solving that problem? But I don't think mashing that with the game reviews is going to change anything i mean it might help but I, I honestly i don't think it's good because what you're doing is you're giving someone who has an environment that's shitty so you're saying someone who they're working under harsh conditions and then you're at the same time also pe like penalizing them for the harsh conditions they were given like yes the game represents the company but the developers and the people who working who are like working towards that they're getting attacked and someone like you know a a giant company is going to be fine if they have one game that goes bad and then they they change their ways but these developers who are specifically on these projects who get to say like hey i was part of xyz if you're saying oh well you're part of these you know bad review scored games or you're part of these games that don't receive well like it's not it, it's basically shitting all over their work that they've put so much time into i don't yeah. think it makes sense to keep that as part of something that they get impacted for twice if that makes sense like they're mm -hmm. already getting yeah. shit on at work because they have harsh conditions why then attack them for the product that they created like at the end of the day yeah it's the you know the the company that is the kind of owner or the household for that game but it's the people who actually created it and those are the ones who actually should be getting the credit for the game. So I don't, I don't think that's a good way to rate that into perspective. I think it should be more of something where, you know, kind of like what Arrow's saying of like, this is something that needs to be talked about. And I think it's also something that not only we as people need to, you know, be aware of, but also that the people in those seats need to also be able to push back and that's kind of a, a shitty way of putting it because i know there's some people who say like oh well people can't do that because they have to you know put food on the, the the table and and whatnot but like at the end of the day it really sucks but if i don't have a good way of providing and i'm also in such a harsh condition like things need to change that's kind of why you know some people are are pushing for like the whole oh we should have um unions in the gaming industry now i don't know anything about unions i won't talk one way or another but i think there's definitely avenues that we should be taking because clearly things are not working we've had so many blow-ups from different companies but i don't think saying that the game itself has to be attacked is the right way to go about it yeah and when you factor in i uh, how you touched on um 
like the the people being affected twice kind of a thing uh, that on a triple a side would be bad but also on an indie dev side um a lot of indie developers if it's like a single person working on this game and they put a ridiculous amount of time into this game and let's say that they come out and they're like oh yeah i worked like 100 hour work weeks but it was entirely of my own volition um even though that's not technically bad if you started putting reviews if you started including these in review scores it would to be fair it would literally have to negatively impact them even though it was entirely their own choice um just kind of like if you were going to be fair about it if it negatively impact a large company it also has to negatively impact the small ones just to be fair across the board because you don't want to show favoritism especially in reviews that that's literally the worst place to show favoritism because then your review is just biased and what's the point of your review yeah, no, doesn't a, really make sense. That's a really good point because that distinction isn't it, like people are very weird about that concept of basically the crunch where when someone's working on that project, like and, and this is even just in general, it's not to say it's bad or good. It's kind of bad where people will just they'll put so much time and effort to it into it. And when it like works out and it's like a one man team or like a, you know, a small group of developers it's it's seen as like oh it's amazing like look at what they're doing like risk of rain 2 is a good example not for the crunch part but for the fact that they have only like three developers i think and they're creating that game that's amazing but if they were to say like oh we're so hard working that we put in all this time but it's because we're really passionate about the project it would be seen as something that's positive versus the other of someone saying oh i have to put in you know 60 hours 70 hours whatever because you know, I have to do it to get the, the deadline. It's seen as negative, but they're pretty close things. If you think about it, like most people who are working on these, even though they're working those hours and they probably don't want to be working that much, these are passion projects. Like that's why a lot of people get into this industry is because they generally like what they're doing. It's just framed differently. And to your point, I'm pretty sure if we started doing that, where we rated games based on the process that it was made, they would not for sure they would not be rated on the same scale when it comes to those different concepts of is it just a passion project or am I being forced to do this? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, I would like to say when it comes to crunch, of course, they're both, I mean, it is an inherently negative thing, but in some ways it shouldn't be. Um, So when it comes to like how the whole talk about Red Dead 2 came out and it was like, oh yeah, they, they crunched worked 100 hour work weeks um, kind of a thing. If you should never be forced to work more, um, you should never be forced to crunch, but if you want to, I don't see any issue with it. Like if you want to and you're getting paid for it, there shouldn't be a problem with it in my mind. Like we, we shouldn't be mad at developers if they wanted to do it but of course if they're being forced to that's a fucked up thing Mm -hmm. you're not getting like paid overtime or whatever that's that's a whole different story but i mean yeah i'll agree to that to a certain degree like there are people who will put in more than they really can do without thinking about it and at that point there's certain like it becomes unhealthy with the way they're doing it so i i feel like it's it's a yes and no kind of a thing. Like this is a very grayscale kind of topic. Like there's just, there's a lot of factors to think about. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I, 
I truly do not think that the the development cycle of a game, the way that the game was developed, should be factored into review scores because that's that is not what a review is. The review is of the product itself, not what it was supposed to be, not what you thought it might be, um, or and not how it was made. It is what it is, kind of a thing. That's that's why I've also not really enjoyed when in reviews they talk about oh, the game was supposed to be this and now it's this kind of a thing. Um, of course, that's kind of hard to get into. You kind of can't. It's it's kind of impossible to not bring that up in reviews because it negatively or positively impact it impacts how you feel about the game no matter what, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's a double-edged sword with that one. But yeah, I really wanted to know your guys' opinion. What do you think, Errol? Do you think they should include it or not? <laughs> I mean, like I said earlier, it's just a hard thing to... I, I agree with you that it's like... It, it Like, when you're reviewing something, that is like the current state of it. But then, then that brings up the whole other thing about how, you know, for these live service games with like how reviews and progress work and that kind of stuff. So it's just hard to... Uh, I mean, there's no definitive answer. It's like, like, yeah, like basically, work conditions probably should be better for some of these um, bigger companies. You know, think about the people more than the money. But that's kind of hard because you know you need to make money to you know all that. Yeah, that's very true. I don't know. It's... You also bringing up the uh, the live as a service games reminded me of a point I wanted to make is if you actually factored this into review scores. Um, So Anthem came out a month ago, and now it's coming out that this had a very bad review cycle. If you did include, let's say, in a world where we included that stuff in review scores, I mean, if, if that was something that you did and you kind of like, you had to include it in review scores, everyone would be forced to re review these games and now give it a like a more negative or possibly positive score. So it it would just kind of like I don't know. It, it would be weird. Let's say like this story didn't come out now, and in a year when Anthem's in a much more positive place, um, they like this story comes out, they all this stuff gets kicked up and they're like, Hey, we have to re-review it now. And they re-review it and give it a super terrible score. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Re-reviews would have to be done as well. Kind of a thing. It's just odd. I I don't really, you're, it's very right. What you said that this is like, it's a gray kind of an issue and it's, it's really hard. It doesn't have an answer. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about it is because it's just weird. Yeah, it's a it's a good topic to to discuss, and hopefully it'll go somewhere. But it's it, like I said, it's a very gray area where, like, I feel like there's not going to be a right or wrong answer. We're going to see a bunch more studios where this happens until you know they do something like uh, some tor- type of union or some type of you know a rule set that they have to abide by. But even then, you'll still get companies who will find a way to loophole things and have it where it's more you know those kind of topics are behind closed doors so it's tough yeah and i imagine if review scores were uh changed by the like the working conditions i would imagine that uh if like there were bad like 
terrible working conditions, let's say at a place like EA, which it has been reported that during some development cycles, it has been very terrible. You would think that they would go to like really crazy lengths to keep these stories from getting out, Mm -hmm. which I would assume would much more like it would negatively impact the uh, it would negatively impact the developers even more than talking about it later. Did you see did you see what they said, what they told the employees after the story came out? No. What did they say? They said, according to, I think this was according to uh, either Jason's Twitter or something else. And it said, basically, is like, basically told them, oh, don't talk to the press. Which is like, that's not going to help anything. Because then they're definitely going to talk to the press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that's kind of funny that they say don't talk to the press. Because it's like, you're already kind of like sinking. What else are you trying to keep hidden that that that's definitely weird but i mean it's not the first time that a studio has like told its employees not to talk to the press um fuck yeah rockstar before red dead 2 came out they like i think they specifically prohibited their employees to talk to the press about their games without like explicit permission so yeah that would be weird i'm this is all just a weird topic i just thought it would be kind of fun to bring up um and see how you guys felt about it i I don't think that it should be included in weighed in review scores, but like you said, it definitely needs to be talked about all the time, and it needs to be like at the forefront of our consciousness as gamers, that it's like, yeah, people make these games, and their lives need to be better kind of a thing. It's, of course, if they want to, if they want to crunch, if they don't necessarily care, that should be their prerogative. They should be able to do whatever they want, but... I mean, that's why I'm just saying I don't think that they should be forced to. But, yeah, that's a fun conversation, guys. Thanks. Thanks for popping in there with me. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Um, I think that's about the end of the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for listening, if you're still listening. That's just great. That's awesome. If you're listening at all, that's sweet, too. Um, That, yeah. Uh, if you guys would like to chat with us outside of the show, you can follow me at High Legion on Twitter. You can follow Josh at the underscore George ninety, and you can follow Errol at Errol M on Twitter. Isn't that right? Yeah. Wow! Oh, sweet. Go. Boom, dude! I freaking got it. Yes. I'm. Just, I. If anybody else comes on, though, I'm not going to be able to do it. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, this is episode number 24 of the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly indie games podcast. And that's about it for today. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Bye, guys. Later.